Guys, I I have a question for you. It's a Thanksgiving question. Okay. It's it's actually not that unusual. I am curious what your like ideal Thanksgiving plate looks like. Mm. Well, well, you gotta have you gotta have an Angus beef hamburger <laughs> on it. <laughs> Wait, what? Angus beef. It's got to be Angus beef too. Don't come in here with that. Yes, a hang, a Angus beef hamburger, and then a big pile of crinkle cut French fries. Yeah, and um, stuffing. Griffin insists on only eating Thanksgiving at Fuddruckers, <laughs> so that is one thing. Hey, listen, don't here. knock it till you try it, baby. Yeah, the the Fuddruckers stuffing is just mushed up buns and ketchup packets, <laughs> and it is good. Well, they call it they call it rocky stuff. Um, <laughs> rocky stuff. Me too. Turkey, sweet potatoes with pecan crust, not marshmallows. If it's marshmallows, throw it in the garbage. Stuffing. Obviously, a delicious roll, and then a dollop of I like a uh, some sort of like ro- uh, uh, mashed parsnips uh-huh. or roast vegetables, some sort of thing like that, and that's a perfect plate for me for starters. And then the next plate, <laughs> plate two, is where things get really nasty. Yeah, then it's not about appearances anymore. Mm. Then it's about like what am I going in hard on deep in the paint to like really take myself to the, to the limit. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Maybe a Ritz, maybe a bit of Ritz tort on that second round if I'm feeling spicy. Otherwise, I'll save that for after the big game. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, Thanksgiving, uh, when I think of like Thanksgiving meals, the, the immediate word that jumps to mind is indigestion. Uh-huh. So I try yeah. to opt for dr- like a single piece of dried chicken, mm. maybe some water. That's so important. That's, oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, this is weird to me. I mean, one because that just sounds awful, but two, none of you. uh, Okay, I'm I'm being dead serious here. None of you do pickle surprise. Okay, I have been to a Chris Plant Thanksgiving before. This is not a goof for a gag. No, it's not a goof for a gag. It's real. It's it's the real deal. Holy, I mean, can we talk about the rebrand? Before we even dive into what that is, because yeah, I think you it are, needs a yeah, there is some serious reclaiming of the lexicon here. <laughs> Tell me about your surprise. Pickle, no, Pickle Surprise, I, I I do think this is a thing. I think that we're going to have a lot of people tweeting at us being like, Plant, you did it again. You were right. And everybody else was wrong. You know that hashtag plant, you were right again. <laughs> yeah. That everybody's always bringing out. Pickle Surprise is where you take um, like a deli meat. Usually like, you know, like a, a bologna or something like that. And then you lay it out flat on the cutting table. Uh, the cutting table, the cutting board. The cutting <laughs> the table. <laughs> cutting pickle surprises. You lay it out flat. You you smear uh, some cream cheese on it, like a good helping of cream cheese. Cover that entire top of that meat with cream mm. cheese. And now you're thinking it couldn't possibly get worse than that, could it? Well, you got to add the pickle. Oh, I was going to say. You lay the pickle in it. And then you wrap, like you kind of, you, you lay the pickle on one end and then you like wrap it up like a burrito almost, right? Yeah, sure. Then you, uh, you, you cut it into like bite-sized bites, like, a, like, like it was going to be given out on Halloween. And then you put toothpicks in each bite so people can eat it whenever okay. they want. Throughout so the I, I do have a question and that mm-hmm. is where does the surprise come in? Because it kind of seems like everything's sort of right there in front of you. Yeah, it sounds like an ingredient. Let, I think the surprise. surprise is that it's being served to you. Okay. <laughs> could we maybe, and this is, by the way, the longest intro we've ever done, but uh, now I'm invested in pickle surprise. Sure. It, could you make it so that there's not a pickle in each one? And there's only a pickle oh. in like every one and five. Oh, yeah, I like that. And, Ooh, and so like then you that. get like a birdie box It's like experience. a king cake. Right, yeah. exactly. Oh, that's good. What if everyone has an additional surprise inside the pickle and it's a little bit of testament? New Testament's been rolled up and you can get a little bit of scripture. <laughs> I like that. After you, after Ooh, you I got Genesis. a little bit of scripture in there. To enjoy. Ooh, <laughs> Genesis. Delicious. The most delicious Good. Did you not try one when you came over to our house? Uh, well, here's how it went. You oh, said you should really try actually, this. And I, I, said, I remember what it? happened, yeah. And I said, I don't want that. <laughs> no, I don't want to eat that. What Griffin actually said was, Oh, my wife is going into labor, and I need to leave immediately. <laughs> good excuse. <laughs> Which, that no, is a good excuse, yeah, actually. A good reason good to bail.
My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I do know the best game of, uh, yeah. <laughs> My name is Christopher <laughs> Thomas Plant, and I played a bunch of video games this week, and I'm excited to tell you about them. Yeah. My name is Russ Frostrick, and I was expecting more enthusiasm from Griffin about a Pokemon game. Yeah, so, well, hey, hey, so was all... Griffin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the Pokemon Diamond and Silver. Oh, Pearl. my God. With Justin. Pokemon. Pokemon. Sorry, my head. Throw it to right me, my, throw it to me buddy. I'm ready for it. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond. That wasn't in the rundown, and obviously... I wasn't going to know it. Here's what it is. <laughs> you should have known that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fair. Plant, what are these games? They are a remake of the 2007, 2007 in America, 2006 in Japan, I believe, Pokemon games, yes. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl for the Nintendo DS. Uh, these are the ones that added internet play, uh, yeah. so they got those kids online. The remake is basically the same game in a lot of ways, uh, but it, you know, it's got those like 3D modern chibi aesthetic visuals chibi for people who are not familiar with the word how would you describe chibi griffin big head cute little bodies yes yeah, that sounds right as as impossible as it is to believe we will have more to say about this product it's gonna come <laughs> right after this brief break you go get a phone you just want a phone talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, Griffin. Yeah. Tell me all your thoughts on Mon, because I really want to hear them. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, 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 and I and I want to eat this apple. Okay. <laughs> so just thanks. Yeah. If you can mute, definitely that. Please, please. That apple fully. I'm begging you. Uh, okay. So Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl just which rolls is right off a, the tongue. It does not. So we're going to just call them Diamond and Pearl, and you all have to just use the mind power that you have to focus on the fact that we're not talking about 14-year-old OG versions of these games, but in fact, the ones that came out last week. I think our audience is capable of that. Yeah, yeah. when I try it, I get chastised. Yeah, I know. The <laughs> apple was definitely present in the cut there. Yep. It had a little Disgusting. bit too much too much sauce in the mix. It was a so honey I need crisp. You to, yeah. Um, oh my God, Russ. Is he right? It was a honey <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Hmm? Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, as uh, Chris alluded to, were the first of the Nintendo DS Pokemon games. Uh, the Nintendo DS was capable of getting on internet in a way that Game Boy and Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance never were. Duh. Um, and they, what else did they add to the series? I mean, they added some some like cute sort of side questy stuff that every Pokemon game kind of tosses into the mix. And they added like a hundred Pokemon. And I had like 100 Pokemon. I think the final count at the end of Gen 4, which is what uh, Diamond and Pearl, and then it's like tertiary follow-up Platinum, uh, you know, had had in the roster. And I believe that is what you can collect in these new remakes. They did not add additional Pokemon from every, you know, the many following generations that came after that. 
uh, and it, one big feature it added was called the underground, which was like a sort of sub world that you could dig down into and uh, walk around collecting items and building a secret base and digging in the walls for for resources. Um, and and that was that was the game. Uh, I want to do a quick table setter because I had a realization while playing through this game, and I I believe we have hinted at the fact that uh, I, I did not enjoy it really very much at all. Is that this this franchise has been around since what ninety six? I, I think believe. it was ninety six. Yeah, um, and it's so funny that they refer to like each of the batches of games, right? Each of the uh, pair of games that release at the same time, and then usually the the uh, tertiary follow up, like Yellow for Gen One or Crystal for Gen Two, uh, are referred to as generations because I I've realized that because the series has been around for so long and has had such sort of staying power, every every like generation of human beings that play this game have a different jumping on point, right? Mm. So when these games came out, I was like starting to hit the point where I just like wasn't really <laughs> into Pokemon games as much anymore. Uh, what do you I mean was, when well, Diamond and Pearl came out? When, when Diamond and Pearl came out uh, in 2007, like I was, I was 20 years old. I was in college. Sure. I had a job, uh, and also, like straight up, I was pretty burnt out on Pokemon because I'd played the shit out of the prior, uh, you know, three generations worth of games. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the moment because you were pretty damn obsessed about the one that came out two years ago. So I'm just very curious wh- what happened. It has caught me back, right? I I, I can talk about uh, Sword and Shield. Uh, you know, late, later on. But like this, this was my realization is that there are lots of people. I liked Diamond and Pearl. I played it, um, but I didn't get like super duper into it. A lot of the DS generation of games, like I just didn't get really into. But for younger folks, like those are the games where they cut their teeth, right? There, sure. there are lots of people out there who Diamond and Pearl were their first Pokemon game. And so re- receiving what Nintendo has called a... Uh, like extremely faithful, completely. Anytime you hear the word "super faithful" <laughs> remake of a game that is uh very old, it means that there's not going to be anything new, and um, that's that should be a big red flag because that is the case with with uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Like there are no Pokemon past past Gen Four. Man, I thought you were about to say there's no Pokemon. I was <laughs> on no the edge Pokemon of my seat. One, which is a serious problem for Diamond and Pearl because Diamond and Pearl famously had like a really imbalanced roster. Like there were only a handful of fire type Pokemon. Uh, so if you didn't choose the fire type starter, like you would kind of be up shit creek and Uh-oh. not really have a fire type Pokemon that you could like call your own for, for a good long time. I want Penguin. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, my son and I have been playing it together and he went with uh, Turtwig and I was like, are you sure, my man? <laughs> are you sure, my dude? A few of the like features have been sort of upgraded, right? The I, I think the best thing about the game is that the underground feature, which was Diamond and Pearl sort of like big, you know, new thing has been upgraded into something called the Grand Underground, which is just enormous now. And it it uh, it has these areas where now you can catch different sets of Pokemon underground that you can kind of customize with how you decorate your secret base with like different statues that you find. It's a, it's a neat system. And then you can play it like online with other people and just like get wild up in the underground. It fixes a little bit the type stuff because you can like craft a fire type, uh, you know, hideaway that you can go in and, and you know, patch up the holes in your team a little bit more. Yeah. Right. That's that's to me that is like the the best improvement here. Um, you can also I would say you can walk diagonal. I don't think you could do that in the original. It's huge. It's it, so. It huge. actually like no joke. You used to you know in most of the early Pokemon games, obviously you just walked in all you know the four directions: north, south, yeah. east, west, whatever. That was all you could do. Being able to move like an actual like character around yes. actually does make a big difference for me. Like sure. Just, comfort of the world it doesn't really change the gameplay that much but it makes it nicer to play i also want to say like no but i mean it, it is thrilling right. i remember the first time i walked diagonally and this that's my time <laughs> i also want to say i really like the art style of the overworld i wish it is carried over into battles because the battles more or less look like sword and shield battles like they use the yeah. same art uh, but uh, the overworld art is like great it is a perfect kind of modernization of that era but like making it 3d to the point where like it feels very referential without 
being the exact same like copy so, sprites. It's like a 3Dized version of what the sprite art was. And yeah. I think it's great. I, I don't want to spend a, a whole bunch of time on this game because it quite literally is j- just the the old game. Um, right. But slightly better. But there was a question that we had that I think might be more useful for sure. our listeners. Unless anybody has anything that they want to share before you wrap I actually, up. Actually, I just wanted to clarify something with Griffin. You weren't super into this one originally. How, did you play all of it? Yeah, I beat it. I mean, okay, I mean, I was, so, I'm, I am beholden to the franchise. I'm, I am. <laughs> I, I will say this: I, I am not going to beat this one. <laughs> I, I do not want to play it anymore. I, I, I want, before we hop off the game, I like. They have done remakes of Pokemon games a few times now, right? All the way back to Game Boy Advance, they released Fire Red and Leaf Green, which were the first two games in the in the whole series that you know got the Game Boy Advance glow up. But they also added like a whole nother like adventure after you finish the game that was not in the original one. Not uh, to I'm mention sure you... Let's Go Pokemon, which just came out. Let's go, on Pink- yeah. Switch. Let's go, yeah. Th- those games were also another recreation, but obviously super different in a way a lot of people didn't like, but as a dad of like a young kid who was into Pokemon was basically the target audience for that. It was different, right? It was wildly different. My favorite games in the whole series uh, were Pokemon Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver for the DS, which were remakes of Silver and Gold, which are still my favorite ones of all time. They added Pokemon from later generations. Uh, they still had like the post game where you went back and basically played Red and Blue again with your your current team. Uh, even uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire in the 3DS like added a bunch of stuff. It had content from Pokemon Emerald, which was their like tertiary thing. This game doesn't do any of that well, there's it a reason included and it doesn't include any of the stuff from like platinum which has like but platinum was i think a much better game than, than yeah. pearl and diamond uh but there's just none of that stuff in and the defense against all that stuff is well yeah it's a super faithful recreation well but you can't like it, it making something faithful to a game that came out like 14 years ago without sort of introducing the incorporating the stuff that has bettered this franchise since then and people kind of expect at this point is just a a bad a a, a bad thing well, i i think this is what happens when you listen to your most hardcore fans right like that i think that's yeah. the thing here i mean i will probably mention it when we talk about pokemon sword and shield in a second but the yeah. very very hardcore pokemon fans believe that like the series should kind of go back to how it was a long time ago yeah and and here is nintendo doing just that what's like silly about it though is they did that but then like did the chibi aesthetic which is in the 2d game too uh yep more or less yeah more or less but uh is unsurprisingly upsetting you know this hardcore fans i i i Pokemon fans, I the the most hardcore ones, I have no idea truly what they want. It's just like I mean any well, fan base. Fa- I just I just will. covered, right? Like it's it's we're talking about not one conglomerate fan base. Like right. it is at this point it is a several generations of people playing these games all wanting different stuff from them and different hardcore um, generations within each of those. Right, it's it's yeah. it's incredibly fractured, right? Yeah. So like I Sword and Shield were certainly flawed games, right? They had their their fair share of issues. But they were so they reinvented a lot of the stuff about the franchise in really bold ways. And it had like, uh, you know, performance issues, definitely, and uh, some pacing issues, and uh, not all of the stuff they added worked good, but the stuff that did, I thought was pretty cool, and was enough to keep me, I, I fucking caught them all, right? Like, I was really, really into those games in a way that I hadn't been in a in a long time, right? Yeah. And I feel the same way about X and Y. Those are the games that really pulled me back in after I kind of fell off on the DS generation. Pokemon is like the worst franchise they could have done this for because it is, the complaint is leveraged against it so much that like, it's just the same old shit. And in this remake, like they they embrace that in a way that is, I just couldn't, I could not hang with. It was so uh, not enjoyable hey, to play. Can I, can I just have like 30 yeah. seconds? Because I did play some of this and I don't want that time to just be like, <laughs> wasted when I have to account for it with St. Peter and shit. Like it's uh I and I'm I'm my opinion is worth next to nothing unless you are somebody who like casually theoretically enjoys the idea of Pokemon and maybe has like kids that would be into Pokemon as well. Um I I had I much more enjoyed my, the the brief time I spent with Sword and Shield. I thought that it was like much more interesting and and this felt like very 
wrote and and kind of boring and like very reminiscent of the limited Pokemon I played as a youth. If you're looking for a place to like well, get on board with it, I don't feel like this is no. Yeah, so that I, that I would very much start with that Sword gets Shield. to the the big question I have for y'all, and this is okay. separate from the the re- re- listener mail, which we'll get to in a, in a minute. But we had a question here from William, uh, and they said, "I just got my first Switch." The last Nintendo device I owned was the Game Boy Color, translucent purple, of course. And the last Pokemon game I played was gold. Not sure if I should even bother with the series now. What should I do? Sword and Shield, Diamond and Pearl remakes, wait for... Is it called Arceus? Is that right, Griffin? Uh, I, I don't know how that <laughs> okay. name is. Should I, I don't, I, don't I'm, I, I don't know that gentleman. Yeah. And, well, the, 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 the thing that I, I think we can use this as a jumping off point is there are actually a lot of Pokemon games both sure. mainline and non-mainline on the Switch, you know, which of these do you y'all recommend? Who do you think, like, different... What are the kind of different entry points for different types of people? So if, this if, is... I'm, I'm yeah. going to guess this is an older person because they owned a Game Boy Color. And f- I think for someone that has been out of the loop of Pokemon for a very long time, this is going to be a weird comment, but stick with it. I think Pokemon Snap might be the way to go. The new Pokemon Snap that they released, which they've continued to support like post-release with new content, stuff like that, is like a kind of a great introduction to the world of Pokemon in addition to like the new mons that have been added and stuff like that without right. having like a ton of the very slow build-up cruft that you kind of have to power through to get to the actual game of Pokemon. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I am, over time, I've been more and more pro Pokemon Snap than I was at the initial launch. Yeah, but if you want to like, I, I don't know, it's such a departure. I mean, it's not from, normal Pokemon. Right. Like, it's you're taking photos, so that's worth considering. <laughs> um, it is fun. Though, it is a fun is game. A nice sure, <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, f- uh, my two recommendations is if you are a younger person or you have kids and you are looking to introduce them to the thing, you cannot do better than Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee because it like eases in. A, a, a new player in a way that might sort of put familiar you know players with the franchise to sleep i don't know that i would have gotten as into those games as i did if i hadn't played through you know literally all of it with uh with henry but if not that i don't know man i mean pokemon sword and shield definitely adds a lot of stuff on top of the formula but it is also in, in my opinion like the most enjoyable pokemon game on on the switch um I wanted to mention one thing while I was playing this. All I can think was like, I think I would maybe like and or love this a lot more if I could just like blaze through so much of the text. Like I turned off battle animations and I put the speed to like highest on the text speed and like blazing through all that stuff. Like I just want to like get through battles quickly and level up Pokemon stuff like that. I don't, you know, I'm not in it for the story. That right, exactly. said, I realize these are games are not for me, so I, I get why that that is in there. But it is at this point, like I've read the phrase "Do you want to switch your Pokemon?" because some, a new Pokemon is coming out about ten thousand times in my life. At this point, yeah, let me just I can just let me do it. Yeah, let me just do it. I, I'm going to throw in a uh, one other game here, Pokemon Unite. Uh, for people, it's it's like their riff on MOBAs, but you can dunk in it, and yeah, Pokemon that dunk. That's a pretty good case to get back into Pokemon. I, I, I think the only thing uh, that I would say people should avoid, if you are like just coming back to Pokemon, Pokemon Tournament, I, I, I don't think is going to be your entry point. Mystery Dungeon, <laughs> yeah. there are better versions of this game that are not Pokemon yeah. on the Switch, frankly. Um, I, I don't know if any, if any of you played Quest or Cafe Remix. No, I, I think yeah. we, uh, I'm big into I'm big into Cafe, but yeah. that's again because of my my four year old. Um, I just yeah. want to say if you have if you have a 3ds, you have access to every Pokemon game that came out up to the Switch, right? Because mm. you can get virtual console versions of Red and Blue. You can play Heart Gold Soul Silver because you can play DS games on a 3ds. You got the remakes of Ruby and Sapphire. You you. Uh, yeah, you can play, you know, the original DS, Diamond and Pearl. Like, you can play everything on that. You can play Black 2 and White 2, which are bonkers games that are kind of standouts for me. Uh, so, yeah, just keep that in mind. I Also, you you win out on the best Pokemon games of, of gold and silver. So, you know, there's a little feather in your cap there. <laughs> 
Okay, well, uh, Chris, did you want to hit the the? Was there any other questions about Pokemon specifically you want to address? No, uh, no. I think we should we should get ready for that back half because we're gonna open up that listener mailbag and it's gonna be a blast. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's go, and we'll be right back right after this. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. I, I have, I've prepared the listener mailbag. It is deep today. Before we start, just want to say, hey, everybody who listens to the show... Thanks. It's, you Thank know, you. the day after Thanksgiving, and I hope that you had a nice time, uh, even though the holidays can sometimes be tough, but we appreciate you, uh, because we really would not do the show at all if not for that you. Would be insane. I mean, that wouldn't make any it sense. It would not. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have empirical evidence to that to that fact, <laughs> that we would right. not do this. We try, we try desperately not to make this show. <laughs> Um, okay, here we go. Let's start with uh, a question from Shelby. Uh, I feel like I've gotten very stuck in my ways as far as game genres are concerned, and I want to expand my horizons. What was the last game you played and enjoyed from a genre you're not normally into? Uh, this was Hades for me, uh, Shelby says. Turns out roguelikes can be good, actually. Hmm. Uh, I will hmm. answer this and say mine was probably Final Fantasy VII Remake. As people who listen to the show know, I am very not pro-JRPGs, largely speaking. And that totally grabbed me. I thought it was phenomenal, and um, I, I totally love that game. Huh. This may not count, but I've gotten really, really into Sudoku lately. <laughs> There's so many good Sudoku games out there, guys. Yeah, man. There's, Tell me all about them. You want to hear all about the Sudokus that I like? 
<laughs> Tell me. No. No. <laughs> I can't remember. There's a game called uh, Good Sudoku. Wait, are you th- joking or no? No, I'm not joking. Why would I fucking joke about something? Okay. Like I, I didn't realize there were that many variants on Sudoku, which tends to be. <laughs> I mean, Good Sudoku good is Sudoku uh, Zach, Zach. It's a Zach Gage game, yeah. and it's yeah. really good, and you should get it. I've also been playing a game called Sumaddle, S U M A D D L E, on uh, on iOS. And it's a uh, kind of a Picross Sudoku. Well, not really Picross. It's 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 like Sudoku with different rules, and mm. I'm very into that. Yeah, I find that my tastes are going in a sort of a grandpa direction. Yeah, more of a grandpa direction. I'm very into. Uh, it was that fucking Clubhouse Games Switch uh, <laughs> version that that turned me into a grandpa because I was like, you know what? I fucking love backgammon. Gr- Griffin, how do you feel about hot water and lemon? Uh, I mean, if you, if, if the rains are coming on and you feel a, you feel that familiar ache, uh, it, it helps soothe, soothe your humors. You know, uh, I, I I would recommend for these, uh, this is why I like games that sort of like fuse two genres that are otherwise sort of like non-related because it seems to give you sort of like a nice high level, you know, surface version of it while giving you something else that you may be more familiar with. Um, I talked about Moonlighter last week, which is sort of like that, where it's like a, an action roguelike type thing that's mixed with like a shop simulator, which is not something I would normally play. Along the lines of what Griffin just mentioned, though, I'm, I mentioned this game years ago, but I continue to return to it pretty frequently on my iPhone, and that's Cribbage with Grandpa. <laughs> it's literally like you build your own grandpa. And you name your grandpa and you give him a personality and a look and a background. Um, And then he teaches you how to play cribbage. And then you like play cribbage with your grandpa. And he like cheers you on uh, when you do a good job. Unless you make a mean grandpa. Unless you make a mean, cruel grandpa. No, he's, he's a nice grandpa. And he will like give you hints if you get stuck. And um, he keeps tally of like who's won and who's lost and stuff. <laughs> Um, and, he, and if you don't play for a while, he falls asleep. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's called Cribbage with Grandpa. And I, lo- I love that, like, approachable, like, assume you know nothing about a game and, like, here's how we're going to, like, slowly ease you into it. I really I really dig yeah, that. Yeah, I think I've just started ignoring genres this year after realizing that I have no idea what I actually like. Because I thought I liked Metroidvanias, but now I don't, I don't know. Wait, Metroid wh- Dread? no. Before this year, you thought you didn't like Metroidvania. No, I knew I didn't like Metroid, but I thought I liked Metroidvanias. And now you don't? What a wild distinction to I make. know, I know. It doesn't and are you sense. telling me that Metroid Dread turned, which you didn't, the franchise you thought you didn't like, turned you off of the genre, which you thought no, you did no, like? No, it was actually the opposite. I really liked Metroid Dread, but it wasn't, it didn't click with me like the way it does with everybody else. Where I was like, I, I admire this okay. game, like, this is a really good game and a genre maybe that I guess isn't actually much for me. On the flip side, I didn't think I like, uh, like I don't know, PC type of games. But then this year, I, I, and uh, I don't like I, deck I building games. Stuff. You know, I don't like where I have to think. But then Inscription and Wildermyth and Flight Simulator have been like some of my favorite stuff of the past couple of years. So I don't know. Maybe I just like certain games and I, I genre... You don't subscribe to labels. It's just yeah. That, what I'm trying to say is that. Speaking of, while I'm being a pretentious, I have a question here from Matt. Uh, since this is a video game book club, what are your favorite books based no. on or about video? No, I'm I'm, I'm adding this because I want to shout out one book that is actually good, and then we can okay. move on. It's a good. I swear it's a good book, and I think Justin will like this. Um, Justin, have you seen the Making of Prince of Persia by Jordan Mechner? So no. it is. It a is, book or a, is that yeah, a book? he wrote a book. The creator of the original Prince of Persia wrote a book and is his basically his diary from while he was making it. So like tons of images and like moment to moment recount. Like here is how I am making this game. Um, it's it's really 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 cool. And if you are someone who's interested in like I don't know just the very human and kind of mundane process of making a game it is such a cool read and avoids like i have plenty of you know very academic books that fresh does not want me to talk about on my bookshelf (laughs) this is not one of them 
Um, it's also not one of those kind of, you know, coffee table books, which are fun, but are like, here's 50 games that you should play. Um, it, it really threads the needle on that sweet spot. So, I- All kidding aside, I do actually have a recommendation oh, for this as well. Oh, do you? Sometimes oh. I read books. Oh, Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, if you have any interest whatsoever in making games yourself... You're about to say the exact book. Might I, I suggest gonna... reading um, Press Reset, which is Jason Schreier's oh. latest book. No book that I have read has convinced me more that I made the right decision in not going into game development. It is. Um, I, I found it. Press me, promise me he does not financially benefit for this purchase. That's the one thing I need to know that I'm not lining <laughs> Jason Schreier's pockets. Uh, I, am, I am assured that he only make, makes a very small percentage of every purchase. Oh, okay, good. Um, right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it basically goes into the backstory of a variety of different development cycles for uh, games like Bioshock Infinite and uh, a number of other titles that uh, Kurt Schilling Studio. What was that game? Reckoning. Oh yeah. Oh right. shit. Um, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. If you haven't read it, like it yeah, is. It's nobody does Jason Trier like Jason <laughs> Trier does. This is a whole Jason Trier ass book. Uh, so it's very good. And again, if you or maybe someone in your life has a dream of making video games, force them Crush to read it. this book. Yeah, and then uh, see how they feel after that. I want to recommend uh, Boss Fight Books has a bunch of really great uh, sort of short paperbacks about a lot of them are like, you know, folks in the industry who are fans of a certain game who are like just writing pretty big investigative books about it, like the creation of Bible adventures for the NES. Um, But the one I'd recommend is Spelunky, which is written by Derek Yu. uh, And it's all Mm. about the creation of that game. It is a quick very fun read uh and if you are familiar with the game at all it like really gets into detail about how the like world creating like randomizer stuff works and i think there's other books that are sort of autobiographical like that but um yeah i i I loved the the spelunky book i i can't choose so i'm gonna do real quick three uh like two are sort of foundational uh, well, I know they're all foundational, I guess. If you haven't read them, uh, Chris Kohler's Power Up oh, yeah. um, is like kind of essential reading, I feel like, at this kind point. Kind of hard to find. Um, yeah, harder to find. Uh, Raph Koster's uh, Theory of Fun is like really is the book that I think sort of like shaped the way that I thought about games and fun more than like literally anything else I've ever encountered. And um, Masters of Doom the book about id software and the creation of those games um is fantastic the the audiobook read by will will Wheaton is is very excellent too but those are like the three that i that sort of like instantly pop into my head yeah i can't believe masters of doom hasn't been turned into a tv show yet i know halt and catch fire is i thought masters of doom, I, th- I feel like it got yeah, licensed I thought it, it must have. Right? didn't it get option it's it's so primed for it anyway i want to keep us moving uh a question from uh brianna I just got a Series S. It's my first time ever owning an Xbox. So do you have any recommendations for from Game Pass or the store for someone new to the ecosystem? Let's just stick on Game Pass with this because... Yeah, uh, I talked about it in a previous episode, but unpacking is tremendous. Uh, really, really good. I also really like, if you like racing games, um, Lonely Mountains Downhill is also like fantastic. You, it's just like a bike game, but played from an isometric perspective. Um, really cool, like lo-fi graphics, um, like low-poly style. Really like those two. I mean, so much of what we've talked about in this show, from like Carrion to, I mean, oh yeah, Carrion, gobs, gobs of stuff. Donut uh, County, which is not my favorite game, but a game I know a lot of people loved and is a good just entry point. But also, it's also really great for kids, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah for sure. Of it. My daughter, my seven year old. Also, with Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes Hell of yeah. an Elusive Age Definitive Edition is on Game Pass. And uh, don't you laugh? That game, that game beats ass. Yeah, that's a really good game. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's just so much on here. Um, Banjo Tooie, Banjo Jewel Three. Um, yeah, I, I Blinks think that's the that's, fucking that's... Time Sweeper. Sweep that time up, Blinks. You go ahead, boy. <laughs> I love that dude. Oh, I was, did he get? Sorry, hold on. Wait, did Blinks get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we're all curiously silent during your great <laughs> Blinks riff. It wasn't uh, a riff; it was a full-throated endorsement of Blinks. The, the man can do no wrong unless he's—he's he's a cat, actually. 
Okay, guys, this has gotten a little serious over here on my end. As the Googling has continued here, Masters of Doom, like, had a cast. There was a Polygon story about it in 2019, oh, written by Michael McWhorter. Like, it has a cast. What happened Maybe to this thing, guys? like a COVID delay? Did it not go into shooting? I, I thought it was like an FX. I, I don't thing. know. I don't have a vi- I don't have a video game website. Why don't you motherfuckers find out? Point. Don't find out for me. The holiday. <laughs> um, okay. One one last question. This one's from Andrew. If you could only play one game console for the rest of your life, but you had access to that console's entire game library, which console would you pick? PC. Oh uh, yeah, oh. PC oh, feels like cheating. PC's yeah. not a console. Not a console. I feel like that's cheating. PC's cheating. Not a console. Yeah. Uh, okay, do we do we recognize virtual, like, virtual libraries? Like yes. the Wii's or, virtual or console. compatible yes. libraries? That seems like cheating. It does a little bit. Okay, okay, yeah. Just stuff that was released purposely. Because I can play every, like, you sure. know. Every Xbox game ever released or something. It, well, it puts the PS original PS3 at an unfair advantage, right? Is that what you were, were you tempted to say the original PS3? <laughs> No, but you can play all the PS2 and PS1 but games. But I don't care as much about those games. <laughs> okay, well, okay, yeah, let, let's make it to games I think that a... were released, they were either designed for or ported yes. purposely to that console. Okay. okay. I mean, no joke, maybe it might be Switch. I think yeah, it's Switch for, for me. me. It's got so much shit on it. It has so many of those ports and so many, like, good-ass games, uh... That I feel like it could sufficiently keep me entertained for the for the rest of my days. And it's portable, so yeah. like we're in the apocalypse, I'm assuming, and this is the only console I can get a hold of. This is our Twilight Zone Burgess yeah. Meredith, yeah, life. locked in a safe, and this is all I have. So perfect, piece of cake. And then my glasses break, and it's the dreck. Oh yeah, my glasses. I I I think Switch is almost cheating. It's not cheating. It's almost cheating because. The, the idea of the Switcher, I feel like every developer is, hey, you know what? We have this game lying around that's been on PC for a while. Let's just bring it to Switch because people want it there because it's portable. It, I, I feel so like which, it, uh, Death, Death's Door just came out. I might give that oh, one a did it pass really? on Switch. Yep. And it runs okay? I, I mean, I assume so. I, hope. I haven't played it, but it's like... It's the Switch. It's gotten pretty good reviews. I assume okay. it's just like... Okay, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's like the the kind of easy answer. I mean, Dreamcast has a special place in my heart, but I, w- I have to be honest with myself that I would run out of... That there was only like 15 games that ever came out on Dreamcast? No, they're like a gajillion, and you could play them all on your Dreamcast even when the Dreamcast was out because piracy was rampant for that system. That is true, yeah. I do um, want to mention real quick, uh, just this recently to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Xbox, uh, Xbox released like a museum website thing where you could like go back and look at your stats. And it's fascinating to me to see the four year period from like when the Switch launched to basically when the Series X launched, where I more or less did not touch my Xbox for that entire period of time. And then it like spikes again. Um, once the Series X came out and I started playing Game Pass way more. Very interesting. Okay, is it yeah, time for honorable mentions? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Justin, do you, do you have anything that you want to share with us? Uh, have you have you uh, been picking anything else? Um, you recommended the... Unsighted? Unsighted. That's really good. Um, I've really been enjoying that one a lot, actually, if I have free time. When I'm not fucking obsessed with Pokemon, um, I really have been enjoying that. Uh, it's sort of God. It, I feel like we need to talk about that more at length to give it its due. But it's like a isometric sort of Zelda-ish with like better, like more, not better, but like more uh, complex combat with like the weapon combinations and stuff. And then there's also some like really interesting uh, narrative hook of everyone in the game is an automaton who has a limited number of hours left to to live because sort of like this world's power source has been depleted uh, and you're trying to like save everybody like before they can they can die um it's very it's it's pretty it's pretty wild i've i've been enjoying it, the the limited amount of effort i think so we will be blowing it out a bit more uh in resties cuz plan and i both played a ton so uh, but if you want to also know more, be, I, I, I think we'll be bringing that into the game of the year conversation, Justin. So I think we'll all be discussing it more. Also, I got into uh, after 
inscription sort of lit up my senses in the words of John Denver. Uh, I have been uh, moving on to some of uh, the the other games from Daniel. Oh Mullen's yeah, games. Uh, I just started on um, Pony Island, which like all I'll say this: if you like inscription, you're gonna like Pony Island. It's it's hit pushing a lot of the same buttons, and it's not as polished, I think, as inscription, but like. It's pretty, pretty, and it's just a game good. about like a pony island, right? It's just a game about a pony mm-hmm. island. Cool. Yes, there's nothing about the devil in it at <laughs> all, guaranteed. <laughs> the devil is not even in it much. <laughs> That's an official stamp of approval. Justin Seal quality, limited amounts of the devil. Um, I w- wanted to ask the room: Has anyone else been playing more of Forza Horizon Five? Yes. It's so good. I, I got to be real. Oh, Justin and Plant, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Griffin and Justin, I know y'all are like racing games, meh. I get it. I am with you. Uh, we were talking about genres that I don't normally get into. This is another one. This is the first racing game that I've gotten heavily into since Burnout Paradise came out like eight fucking years ago. Um, it just is very arcadey and constantly has like stuff that I'm unlocking and it's insanely gorgeous, um, and I don't know. I'm, like, very smitten by it in a way that I haven't been in a, with a racing game in a very long time. So I would strongly, strongly recommend it, and it's available for everyone on Game Pass. It's kind of, like, the biggest g- Xbox game ever in terms of player count because it's on Game Pass. Um, so it's pretty wild, and, uh, It's more yeah. like open-world Mario Kart or, like, open-world game where you just happen to be a car. That's yeah, fun. I think that's fair. And, also, and you can kind of just play, like, if you like street racing, you could just do street racing. If you like just doing big jumps, you could just do big jumps. It's very uh, sort of tailored to your preference. Crush. Burnout Paradise came out 13 years ago. Oh, my God. I'm fucking a million <laughs> years old. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Can you pan back to me for uh-huh. a second? Can you turn the camera back yeah. to me? Halo. I, I know that Halo. I know. Oh, you're you're talking about Halo. You've been playing the new Halo. God, guys, it's so good. Yeah. Hey, it's so good. And I, the unlockables in it are really interesting because they have like challenges for you to do, which are like kind of motivating. You're talking about Halo Infinite multiplayer, just to be like really clear, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Um, There's challenges that are like, you know, kill, blow up an enemy warthog or, you know, get, kill five people with a uh, assault rifle, whatever. Um, and those are like you earn experience points, which you can use to do like cosmetics. Um, but the that you don't get rewards for like winning. Yeah. And the only reason to keep playing is just because get this, it's very fun. Whoa. <laughs> and, well, yeah, I know. You don't have to just be unlocking stuff all the time. I don't even care if I unlock stuff because I enjoyed the game. And can I say I don't know what it is. But I'm doing a good job. Oh like, wow! That's very it's very surreal for me, um, and I know it's just because it's early or whatever. But like yesterday, I had 16 kills and two deaths. Oh in my one gosh! Match. I was like the number one score. It was fantastic. And no, there weren't bots in there. Shut up. Um, no, it was. It's really, really. Re- I'm I'm shocked. Honestly, shocked. I think it's because it's free to play, so the audience is like way bigger than it normally would be. Um, and also, yeah, that it's early, but also they've been like making matchmaking systems for Halo games for 20 years at this point. So at this point, it's kind of dialed in. So you should be playing against people that more or less are near your skill level. Yeah, the balance on it feels so good. Right I played now. Uh, yesterday because um, there's an event they just launched with like you can unlock like samurai armor or whatever. But the event is uh, there's a new mode <laughs> called Fiesta where every time you die, it's just deathmatch. But every time you die, you get thrown a totally random loadout and i was blown away by how many weapons are in this game there are like 16 different weapons um there's like the you know normal like long range laser gun there's like a spike shooter thing that explodes people there's like a smg electricity gun. like i was just like wow there's another weapon i have never seen before and uh it i think the mode is very smart because it just like lets you stick around and it's not a big deal if you screw up um it also like 
so many of the weapons in in this game feel, especially like the alien weapons, and it's hard to contextualize those, right? Because we haven't played the single player sure. thing yet, so like I don't I don't know exactly where these weapons are from, but like so many of them feel like, oh, you are you sure you want to give me this? Like it feels like I'm probably gonna be too powerful with this, like just launching rows of plasma at people that like sweep through a room and blow everyone apart. Uh, and a lot of the games feel like uh, a lot of the weapons yeah. feel like that, which is very, very neat. Uh, and it's got a grappling hook. I mean, fuck. Yeah, I'm very excited for the campaign. Griffin. Griffin, have you played it? I haven't. I haven't dipped into it yet. No. Oh my God. It's great. It's genuinely bring me back to like the last time I truly enjoyed Halo, which would, Probably be Halo. 3. It's yeah, on Steam it's, as well. If you don't want to, oh, do okay. Windows Store and oh, and whatever. I don't. It is novel. The idea of playing a shooter without the intent of collecting a hundred, you know, etheric spirals to move on to the next quest step that would allow <laughs> me to unlock yeah. like iteratively better, you know, cape or something like that is, uh, it does seem fun to me. It does seem like the kind of thing that once I do play it and enjoy it, I would not go back to the other thing maybe. And the other thing is like a lot of, almost all the matches I've played have been like close. It's really, it's really exciting to be playing a lot like four on four and you feel like my contribution like matters. Like I'm definitely, like it, it really is, it, I I could put us over the top by by playing a little yeah. smarter. It's very cool. Um, I love that Russ filled in my part <laughs> for me, which was helpful because I've been talking to Russ about this game, and I don't know. I guess maybe it's the new DLC for uh, it, or maybe yeah. I'm just at the right time in my life to enjoy the game. But I have gotten wildly deep into Binding of Isaac: Repentance. And maybe you can comment, like, I know the DLC added more stuff, but it also, like, balanced a bunch of shit, Yeah, right? so, so first of all, I want to say, like, I've never been more overjoyed that someone yeah. finally is playing this game because I've been obsessed with this game for 10 years at this point. Maybe it's 20, knowing how little I know what time is. But, right. um, yeah, uh, one of the things, I think the reason, part of the reason that you've been able to get into it is when Repentance came out, which is the newest DLC, but... You can also buy it as like a full pack of all the games together if you've never played it. They basically rebalanced the onboarding systems. So previously, yes. it was like a lot more punishing to sort of get familiar with the systems and how the game works. And they rebalanced it to make it more welcoming. They also added like stuff like true co-op. So you can play with someone else that makes the game much easier if you want to just like learn the systems. But um, yeah, it just came out. It came out on PC earlier this year, and now it's on uh, consoles as well, Switch and Xbox and PlayStation. Man, uh, Griffin, I, I'm very curious. Wh like, what is it about Binding of Isaac that sort of clicks for you as a game? And maybe just like briefly describe like, yeah, what the it's, game is. I mean, it's a gosh, it is a rogue. Uh, it's it's a, mostly a rogue light, but you do like by completing certain like challenges. Uh, you unlock new items that show up in the pool, which is a very like limited way of kind of uh, continuing the progression. Also, like there are certain like uh, check checkpoints that when you like pass them, like you defeat the final boss enough times, the game changes and the paths that are available to you change. Yeah, uh, the characters let, let that are available to you change. Just um, for people that don't understand the game at all, uh, just to be clear, it's a top-down action like a Smash TV or like a Zelda, but with like randomized RPG mechanics layered on top of yes. that. So the game constantly changes. Your character gets different abilities depending on the random items that you get throughout the game. Right. Um, so like, I don't know. I it, Whenever I played this game in the past, I would just play it and get some random shit. And then maybe I'd beat the boss. Maybe I didn't. I never really noticed any change or anything like that. But uh uh, you know, maybe it's the rebalancing. Maybe it's the fact that Russ pointed me towards an app on the phone that you have that you can turn on your camera and like point it at any item in the game and it'll tell you like what it is and what it does because a lot of the items are pretty opaque. Uh, but I don't even use that as much anymore because I've learned like what stuff I like, what stuff to avoid. Yeah. Um, and I've learned how to like use the characters better. I've learned a lot of the boss strategies. And now I can you know, finish a run like most of the time, uh, which is super rewarding. Uh, there's a bunch of different challenges that have like special rules or like special builds that you have to play as that are really like super novel and, and fun. 
Um, and I'm like making headway into it. I still have so far to go, right? Like there's still so yeah, many like levels I haven't 10%. reached. Okay. Right, exactly. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm just having a, I'm having a blast with it. Uh, yeah, the th- I, I, I can't put it down. The thing for me that I find just super interesting about this is Binding of Isaac appears to be an action game. Like when you would first pick it up, it looks like an action game. It's really like almost a strategy slash puzzle game with like a little bit of card game stuff thrown in to the point where you're trying to like stay, what is the term pace when you're playing like a Hearthstone or something? Tempo? Oh yeah, tempo, yeah. You're trying to stay ahead of the tempo. So you're trying to maximize every piece of resource that you have that you pick up. So for example, if you get a key uh, and you have five coins and you walk into a room and one, uh, there's two locked doors, you should always go to the shop instead of the item door because the shop will have more keys to buy and also more options. And it like opens options up for you. And your brain sort of gets to this point where you're seeing the matrix a little bit where you understand, oh, if I do this and this and this, I will get more resources than I would if I did it in a different order. Yeah. Um, And that part of it like scratches a very specific ADD part of my brain that I have a very tough time explaining to people, but uh, I'm glad someone else is enjoying it. No, yeah, it's like there are, uh, I I just played through a run that I finished and had a very like slow offensive build, which is great for destroying bosses, but like I kept taking so much damage anytime I went into a room with like a bunch of enemies in it. Uh, And so I started to hunt down uh, these card pickups that are like one-time use items and one of them lets you jump straight to the boss, which I would never do otherwise because you're skipping like a whole floor's worth of upgrades. But that was the strategy that worked for me for that run. Uh, it, it's, it's, it is fantastic. I would encourage anybody who, I think the DLC is like 20 bucks, so it's not something to scoff at. But it's, I don't know, it, it finally made the game click for me. And now I, I feel like I have, like Russ said, like a decade's worth of this enormous fucking game to, to dive into now. Yeah, I, I my am, play clock is it. probably around 400 hours of that game, to give you yeah. an idea. And I'm nowhere near finishing the DLC. Uh, one last thing also, uh, I downloaded the Minecraft Magic Kingdom pack. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. How did I not talk did about Did you play that? it? Shh. Oh, my God, it's, yes. It, yeah, I, mo- I mostly downloaded it to, to, to play with Henry because he's been to Magic Kingdom a, a few times. And uh, it's fucking bonkers. It's staggering. Do you guys know yes, about this? I've heard about it. I haven't tried it. It's staggering. Honestly, like, Russ, have you been to Walt Disney World? Yeah, it's been probably 15 years. Okay, so I'm a little bit of a Disney. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah? Okay, I don't, well, you don't want to get into <laughs> it. Um, so this thing is, they have rebuilt, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of um, 50 Years of Magic, <laughs> for the anniversary of, of Walt's incredible <laughs> dream, <laughs> uh, uh, Walt Disney World, uh, like, in partnership with Minecraft, released a fully- realized version of the magic kingdom in in the is game. that disney world or and is that, that something else that's disney it's one of the parks at disney world magic kingdom is one of the parks okay. at disney world right so magic kingdom was the, it was the first one before uh, it's like it's tomorrowland the castle. and it's it's yeah. it, it, tomorrowland yeah. Chris, correct me if i'm wrong but it's basically like a condensed like uh disneyland like most of disneyland's features are are magic kingdom disneyland's like an expanded magic kingdom it's, like Disneyland has it, in in the heads of a, the, a casual Disney fan, yeah. The Magic Kingdom is most similar to Disneyland, but it's actually yes. way more complicated, and we will not yeah, go into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you guys want to do a new podcast no, about yeah. Disney, let me know. Um, <laughs> God, Russ, Jesus, we get it. You you love Universal Studios, um, but this is like the Magic Kingdom. It's the whole thing, and as somebody who's like kind of a fanatic about this stuff, like. It was really wild going into like, not just like, there are many rides that you can like ride. You can ride them, right? You can get onto Haunted Mansion and it's like there with one, the narration one to of one. Haunted yeah, Mansion. It's, it's am- yeah, you can go into the fucking Enchanted Tiki Room and they will do this song with yeah. all the birds and stuff. It's The stretching room is in the Haunted Mansion, like which doesn't mean anything if you're not kind of a, someone who's, who's been a lot. But like, the yeah, exactly. No, see, that's the thing about it. It was an elevator at Disneyland because they needed to make the ride subterranean. But the effect was so good that at Disney World, the ceiling goes up. Wow. And you're not actually going down because you're staying on. Okay. But uh, like restaurants, right? 
I went to like my favorite restaurants and could find the bathroom. <laughs> wow. Like that that is the level of detail. Like not a joke. Like I saw I went to the table at uh Skipper Canteen that I like ate at last time. It is a wild un like it's un This is a serious question. If you dig down, can you access like the tunnels that go beneath the park? No, uh, the Utilidors? No, I don't think it goes that low. I don't know if there's a way to like interact with with it in a way outside of what they designed, right? Like, can you put it into some sort of build you mode can. and mess it yes, up? Yes, you can. Um, uh, it is. Uh, you can talk. You can also like collect autographs. Like they have like all the Disney characters all around the park that you can go get their autographs, which was similar to that. Even some that um, I mean, aren't in the Magic Kingdom. Oh, okay, I okay. Mean, you're not gonna see on. No, else. that's ridiculous. I mean, is it available on all platforms? Like, can I have you play this on Switch? Yeah. Or? Wow. Yes. Yeah, it's just part of the. You could have all of Disney World on your on your Switch. That's um, how I've been playing it. Wow. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I really. It is the amount of work that went into it. Like, I'm not used to under JPEX leadership the, the, <laughs> oh any Disney gosh. project the, getting this amount of TLC, and to see this kind of work going into it is really is really phenomenal. It's a real labor of love. It must be because I know they're not laying out the cash. It's actually surprising that more brands have not done this, like paid like builders, Minecraft builders to just like make well, the, I don't know, Game of Thrones land or they, something they like have. that. Oh, oh, they have. It's not, I mean, it's not uncommon for there to be like Minecraft mods that are sponsored by, you know, like oh, you got know, it. Virgin okay. Galactic or whatever. It, it's just, I, I think what's interesting here is it is an actual partnership with Microsoft and it is like of this scale. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah, and I'm sure it's not one to one because it's made of cubes, <laughs> but like and Elsa's it, there. I can. I, compl- by one to one, I mean like <laughs> and Elsa's there. Yes, I don't know what you, Elsa's at the park, isn't? Aren't they? Where Where would Elsa be? At the Did park? you even oh, think, think about it? Before you asked, you're right. Anna's right. meet and greet with Elsa is over in the of course Norway it's Epcot, of the World Showcase. Well, but oh my yeah, you're right. I'm so, I'm so sorry, everybody. Yeah, but where's the gack fall on you? Oh Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ, Russ. Ba da da. You're embarrassed. Hey, Russ, you're embarrassing <laughs> yourself. You've been embarrassed. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I have I have one other honor, honorable mention that I want to make. I, I want to I want to share two podcasts and also like a story uh, from the things that I listen to in my free time. I enjoy listening to football podcasts, and I swear this is going somewhere. So please. Uh, so the sad part about this is I listened to two shows. I listened to this show called Times Ours, which is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. And I listened uh, to a show that is now called You Pod to Win the Game, which was Yahoo Sports' uh, football podcast. And that second one, You Pod to Win the Game, right after the Super Bowl this year, one of the co-hosts um, unexpectedly passed away, Therese Paler, um, who was like kind of a, I mean, not kind of, was a huge presence in Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, football culture and his co-host Charles Robinson has continued to host that show um, kind of reviving it uh, this season and then the other one the Times Ours the Chiefs very specifically Chiefs podcast a listener of the show Josh Briscoe had uh, a pretty awful health scare uh, right in the middle of the season so in the course of a year it was a lot for uh, you know parasocial relationships frankly that I have with the these two shows and they both have continued, and they both just mean, like, the absolute world to me. Um, they are my, I'm sure there are some people listening to this show who have that feeling of, you know, it's what you listen to when you want to feel good, when you're on a walk and you've had a hard day. So I just want to shout both those out. I understand Times Hours, the Chiefs one, is a very narrow part of our potential audience. But if you do like football, I think you might like either of those. Cool. I wanted to, speaking well, of thank you, uh, thank the following people for writing reviews uh, for the besties. Uh, Raul R. Gardabaranco, Dane Girl, Tadro Chester, Biddy Alec, and Quasi Mandius. Thank you very much for writing reviews. Thank you to everyone else who has written reviews about the besties on Apple Podcasts. Uh, love to see them. They're great. Super helpful. Okay, here we go. I'm going to make this fast. Games that we talked about. We talked about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl and their modern remakes. We talked about a bunch of Pokemon games, new Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Unite, Pokken Tournament, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, Sword and Shield, Cafe Remix. 
We also had a nice, long, extended uh, chunk of honorable mentions that included Forza Horizon 5, Unsighted, Pony Island, which is uh, another game by the creator of Inscription, Halo Infinite, Binding of Isaac, uh, Repentance, that Minecraft Disney uh, uh, Magic Kingdom expansion. It's seven bucks, by the way. What? I don't know if we mentioned that. Seven bucks. Seven bucks. It's seven bucks. Oh, thank Minecraft you. Thank you. I, I, I was worried Disney- that... If you're curious about like what is what is something like that run yet? I mean, you pay a hundred bucks to get sure. in the park on an off day, or you can pay seven bucks in Minecraft. That's a great point. Um, I also Think mentioned times it. hours and you pod to win the game. We also shared a lot of Game Pass and video game books and other recommendations for that stuff. Just barring us repeating the entire show, I will I will let you go back to that chunk with the rewind button. Uh, but I hope that this helped out. Hey, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We certainly appreciate you. And uh, some configuration of us will be here with you next week to talk about games of the fall and hidden gems you might have missed. But until that time, um, uh, thank you, as always, for joining us for the besties. But be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties. Steve.